There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the truth so that all might come to believe through him. He himself was not the truth, but he came to testify to the truth. And this is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent the priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed. He didn't deny it, but he confessed, I am not the Messiah. They said, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? No. Who are you? Give us an answer we can share with those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, like the prophet Isaiah said. Now they were sent from the Pharisees and they said to him, why then are you baptizing if you're neither the Messiah nor Elijah or the prophet? And he said, I baptize with water. There's one who stands among you who you do not know, the one coming after me. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. All this took place in Bethany, across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. So much of what we think we know of John the Baptist is wrapped up in the very little we get about him in the Gospels. All that stuff about what he wore, camel's hair, and leather belts, all the things he ate, locusts and wild honey, and the notion that he was doing all this baptizing in the wilderness somewhere on the outskirts of Jerusalem down at the River Jordan. So John the Baptist comes off as kind of an oddball and a kook, really. So we get the impression that John the Baptist was a renegade of sorts, this one voice crying out in the wilderness, this lone wolf preaching and teaching and calling people to change their ways, this rebel down by the river trying to persuade and prepare the hearts and minds of whoever would listen to him for the coming of this Jesus who was on the way. All that's true, I suppose. I heard someone refer to John the Baptist once as a carnival barker. And I kind of liked that at the time, so I've tended to think of him as a hothead and a loudmouth and a street preacher type, like you might run into outside the stadium on game day with a microphone and a cheap amplifier, a bullhorn perhaps, maybe handing out pamphlets about how to find your way to a straighter, more faithful and righteous path, you brood of vipers. But those guys, those street preacher types are loud. And they're pretentious. And they're more sure of themselves, I think, than they should be. And they're more sure of themselves than I found John the Baptist to be this time around when I read about him in John's gospel. And there's enough yelling in the world these days. Too much noise already. And anger and certainty about this or that, or things we can't possibly be so sure of, it seems to me. 
and I confess to thinking the most unchristlike things when I get scolded by one of those carnival-barking street preachers. So I wondered for a change this time around if John the Baptist might be different from all of that. And when you listen to and read what we heard this morning in these little bits of John's gospel, that seems entirely possible and maybe just as faithful, I've decided. What I mean is John doesn't pretend to be any more than he is or any greater than what he's up to. Testifying to the light of grace and good news he'd apparently found in Jesus, I mean. When the powers that be from the synagogue in the big city come asking him to fess up, to explain himself, to give account for his actions down there, out there by the river, he doesn't seem to shout or scream. It says he confesses. He confesses humbly, it seems to me. He doesn't pretend to be anything other than just some guy. He says, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not Elijah. I'm not a prophet either. I'm just a voice out there in the wilderness trying to convince people that there is a better way. I'm just sharing what I've learned from Scripture from the prophet Isaiah, to be exact. I'm just baptizing with water because that's all I have and all I know to do. I'm just trying to give people some hope in something greater than what this world has to offer. And so this new way of wondering about a humble, compassionate, quieter John the Baptist feels like good news to me this year. Because I think John the Baptist isn't just someone we should merely listen to. I believe John the Baptist is someone we should emulate. Someone we're called to imitate. Someone we'd be blessed to learn from and follow and be more like in a lot of ways. And this seems more likely and more possible when I consider him differently because I've never felt that I was as cool or as loud, or as sure and certain as John the Baptist always seemed to be to me. I've always pictured and preached about that kind of John the Baptist before, and I become less and less cool the older I get. Just ask Max. (laughs) I'm good with wild honey, I suppose, but you can keep the locusts. Thank you very much. And besides all that wilderness stuff, the wilderness of New Palestine, Indiana, just isn't all that wild by the world's standards, if we're honest. So when I think about what it would mean to emulate or to imitate or to be more like John the Baptist, I've never felt equal to the challenge. How here... Am I and how here are we supposed to go about preparing the way of the Lord? How here are we called to go about making God's paths straight for the world around us? How do people like you and me testify to the light so that others might come to believe 
And how do we do it now where we are in the world as we know it in these days leading up to Christmas? And into what wilderness are we being called to do any of these things? Well, there are relationships in jeopardy that would surprise you. There are kids in the school cafeteria who are lost and lonely in ways they do not have words to describe. There are some illnesses waiting to be diagnosed and others that seem like they're going to get the last word sooner than we would prefer. There are jobs on the line and paychecks that don't cut it. There are people in this room holding it together really well on the outside, but falling apart behind the closed doors of their heart of hearts, believe me. And there are skeptics and cynics and sinners around every corner, and they might be looking us in the mirror more often than we'd like to admit it to. And I don't believe the best way to address all of that wilderness is loudly or with words at all, even. It can't be explained away with even the most perfectly chosen verses of Scripture, and it can't be preached away from the pulpit or barked into oblivion from a street corner either. It might soften, though, this wilderness with some quiet companionship. The wilderness might feel less desperate with some persistent, patient friendship. It might dissipate with some humble confession about our shared experience and common ground where sin is concerned. The wilderness might not feel so scary if we and others didn't have to walk it so often alone. And I wonder if all those people who were drawn to John the Baptist were drawn to John the Baptist because he wasn't afraid to be himself. He wasn't pretending to be anything more than who he was. And because who he was, with all of his awkward, strange, oddball ways, was just exactly right for the kind of grace he came to promise and to proclaim. So maybe we can bring the good news, you and me, like John did. We can be the love of God crying out in the wilderness, not just loudly with words of judgment, but maybe we can do that with quiet tears for a change, cry out in the wilderness. Like John, we can be a voice for the God that shows up in Jesus, that speaks Comfort for the lonely, forgiveness for the sinner, new life for the dying, hope for the brokenhearted, because we need, because we hope for, because we long for all of those things too, just like John must have. I think that's our call, to be one voice, each of us, among many, walking the crooked road of this life as we know it, 
and alongside this crowded, broken world until the one comes finally. The one who makes all things new. The one who makes all paths smooth. The one who forgives all the sins, who redeems all life. The one who brings joy forever, relieves all fear, brings peace eternal. And the one who offers grace for all people, always, in the name of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.